Good morning, creation. All for Jesus, huh? Woohoo! How you doing this morning? Good? This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I'm so excited to share with you this morning. Like I said, my name is Reed Saunders. I love taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. If you have your phones, I'd love for you to stay connected with me on Instagram. It's just Reed Saunders. Really appreciate connecting with me and praying with me as I go to some pretty unreached parts around the world sharing the good news of Jesus. So I want to encourage you this morning and let you know that God wants to use your life to make a difference for eternity. I get pretty excited about sharing the gospel, and it reminds me of this one time I was in Africa. And I was sharing with a bunch of university students, and I wanted them to come to Jesus. I was giving it everything I had. And I was working with my translator, and I'll never forget, I get done with my message. I look over at my poor translator. The guy's down on one knee. He's sweating. He's exhausted. He looks up at me, and he says, Brother Reed, you're not too fast. You're three fast. <laughs> so I'll try not to be three fast with you as I share. But I want to let you know again today that God wants to use your life to make a difference for eternity. And I want to talk about reaching out in faith, not freaking out in fear. So someone say, reach out. You in the back now say, don't freak out. All right, we want to reach out in faith, not freak out in fear. I love how God told us in Philemon verse 6. Paul says, I pray you may be active. Say active. I pray you may be active in sharing your faith so that you have a full understanding of everything we have in Christ. I remember this time I was getting some landscaping done in my front yard, putting some grass in, and I was working with this guy named Joe. And so Joe and I were hanging out that, during that week, and I was praying for him every day. I always pray two things. I say, Lord, I give you an open heart to share Jesus with someone. And I say, Lord, I pray you'll give me an open door to share Jesus today. I pray that every day, and I was praying that for Joe. We finally finished the week, got the grass in the front yard. I was sitting in my front yard with Joe, and I said, Joe, you know, Jesus changed my life. Can I tell you how he can change your life? You know, starting a gospel conversation is a great way by asking a question, kind of a step one. And I'll never forget, Joe looked at me and said, Reed, I've been working with you this whole week. And he said these powerful words. He said, Reed, I want what you have. I want what you have. And so I shared the good news of Jesus with Joe. Right there in my front yard, Joe prayed to give his life to Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? And my friends, just like Joe, there's many people that you know in your sphere of influence, where you go to school, where you live, where you work, that want what you have. They want what you have. So first things first, two questions I want to ask you this morning. Question number one, who do you know that needs Jesus? Question number two, what are you going to do about it? You know, I love in John 1, it says the first thing that Andrew did. Say first thing. Say first thing. First thing. Right. The first thing that Andrew did was he found his brother Peter and he brought him to Jesus. You see, friends bring friends to Jesus. And my friends, I believe the greatest way you can love someone is to love them enough to tell them about Jesus. To tell them about the cross where Jesus died for their sins, how he rose again from the grave. Because I know, with, like me, I believe that Jesus Christ alone is the Savior of the world. He's the only one that can take someone from death to life, from broken to whole, from guilty to forgiven, from lonely to loved. And God wants to use your life to make a difference for eternity, to reach out in faith, not freak out in fear. I love this quote about reaching the lost. Charles Spurgeon said this. He was a preacher in the England in the 1800s. And you can see his passion for souls. He said this. He said, if sinners be damned, 
at least let them leap to hell over our bodies. What a picture. He says, if they will perish, let them perish with their arms about their knees. Let no one go there unwarned or unprayed for. I love this quote. Someone once said this, every heart without Christ is a mission field, but every heart with Christ is a missionary. So this morning, who's God put on your heart? Maybe it's a friend, a neighbor, or a coworker. Who do you know that needs Jesus, and what are you going to do about it? I want to look at this passage from God's word. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts chapter 1. So Jesus is down on the cross. He rose again from the grave, and he's commissioning the disciples to take the gospel here, there, and everywhere. And this is what he said, Acts chapter 1. I'll read verses 1 through 8. It says, in my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach. Verse 2, until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Verse 4. Once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. In verse 8, the key verse I want to focus on this morning. But you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Taking the gospel here, there, and everywhere. Now that word witness, can I get a witness? All right. That word witness is used 29 times in the New Testament. And here's something interesting. The word witness and martyr are the same in Greek. And if you see, when Jesus gave this commission to the apostles back then, the majority of them lost their lives for the sake of the gospel. Now, Jesus never said that sharing our faith would be easy. It could cost your life. In fact, like I said, I've been to about 90 countries, and I met so many people, pastors, that have been killed for the sake of the gospel. I've met wives and husbands were killed for the sake of the gospel. Many people are in prison around the world for Jesus. So Jesus never said it would be easy, but he did promise us. If you go back to Matthew 28, another great commission, Jesus said, I'm with you what? Always, right? Even to the end of the age. So here's the thing. God saves, we share. Say God saves. Say God saves. God saves. Now say we share. One more time. We share. Okay. God saves, we share. He says, but you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And that word power in the Greek means dynamite which I love word pictures. I mean, think about that. The Spirit of God works powerfully in you and through you to reach people for Jesus Christ. If that doesn't get you fired up this morning, I don't know what will. The fact that God wants to use us to tear the good news of Jesus and the Spirit of God takes the Word of God, like that sword Hebrews 4 talks about, convicts people of their sins and draws them to the Savior. So Jesus saves, we share and the Spirit of God used the words as we share Jesus to bring people from death to life as we talk about the cross and the empty tomb. I tell people this all the time. I say, evangelism is simple. <laughs> Fall so deeply in love with Jesus, you can't help but tell others about him. You know, my wife Carmen's up on stage with me. 
We've been married 19 years. We just celebrated a couple days ago. Thank you. <laughs> it's amazing she could be married to this crazy evangelist for that long. <laughs> but God's amazing. Anyhow, so I love my wife, and I love talking to people about my wife because I love her, right? We have a love relationship. It's the same way with Jesus. When he's number one in your life, when you're so in love with him, you can't help but tell others about him. It reminds me of the story of a little boy who came up to the pastor after church, and he was in the parking lot. He grabbed the pastor and kind of shook his arm and said, hey, pastor, I got a question for you. The pastor's like, yeah. The little boy said, you said during your message that I could ask Jesus into my heart. The pastor's like, that's right. The little boy scratched his head and got confused. He said, well, if Jesus came and he was a man in a man's body, and I'm just a little boy in a little boy's body, if I ask Jesus in my heart, he'll be sticking out all over. <laughs> And the pastor looked at the little boy and said, exactly. You see, my friends, the more in love we are with our Savior, Jesus Christ, the more he'll be sticking out all over, right? And I found in my own life, the more time I spend with Jesus, the more time I want to spend telling others about Jesus, right? The more time you spend with Jesus, I believe the more time you want to spend telling others about Jesus. So when Jesus told us to reach out, not freak out, literally taking the gospel here, there, and everywhere, it's amazing as we could see this being carried out in the book of Acts. The beginning of evangelism in Jerusalem began in chapter 2, verse 1, going here, Judea and Samaria, chapter 8, verse 5, and to the remainder of the earth in chapter 8, verse 26, taking the gospel here, there, and everywhere. So I want to encourage you to have what I call missionary map. Say missionary map. Okay, you know how Paul had a missionary map, right? Whether it's going to Spain or Rome. But I try to have my own personal missionary map. Not just the countries I go to, but my own neighborhood. I try to go to the same gas station every time I need gas to talk to that same gas station attendant as I'm building a relationship with him. Or the same checker at the same grocery store. I try to have my own little missionary map in my Jerusalem. And as you're building relationships, you're praying. You're praying for opportunities. Remember, open hearts, open doors. So the first thing I want to leave with you this morning is taking the gospel, reaching out in faith, not freaking out in fear, by going here. So say here. Okay. This is your Jerusalem. People always ask me, they say, well, Reed, how can I start sharing Jesus? I tell people the first thing you can do and the most important thing you can do is to pray. To pray for people. I have a list of people every day that I pray for that don't know Jesus. And let me ask you, how many of you have someone close in your family? Maybe it's a child, a, a spouse, a loved one that doesn't know Jesus. Let me see your hands. Okay, lift them up. Okay. For me, my dad and my sister don't know the Lord. And it's pretty crazy for me as an evangelist going all around the world sharing Jesus. And it breaks my heart that my dad and my sister don't know the Lord. But what also breaks my heart is when people come up to me and they say, well, read. You don't know my friend. You don't know my son or my wife. They're so far from God, they can never come to Jesus. And my friends, don't ever say that. We never give up on people. Why? Because <laughs> we never give up on God, right? God can soften the hardest of hearts. And so I want to tell you right now, who's God put on your heart? Maybe it's a friend or neighbor. I'm going to count to three, and I want you to shout their name out, okay? Just declaring that person before the Lord that you want to see them come to Jesus, okay? So I'm going to count to three, and you shout their name, all right? Ready? One, two, three. And I want to give you now what I call a 48-hour challenge. Within the next 48 hours, so you should be home after creation. I know cell coverage isn't the best here. But I want you to reach out in faith to them. Just say, hey, I was spending a great time at creation, celebrating 40 years here. It's been awesome. 
I just want you to know that I've been thinking about you and God loves you. Something simple like that. Maybe you want to take it further and say, hey, I'd love to meet with you for coffee or lunch. I just want to tell you about why I go to creation. You know, when I came to Christ at the age of 17, I'll never forget I had so many friends that, quote, would go to creation fest that never told me about Jesus. I'm like, what kind of friends are you? You have the joy. You have the hope. You have the forgiveness. You know Jesus. But you didn't love me enough to ever invite me to, quote, a creation festival. You never loved me enough to tell me about Jesus. So the first thing you can do, my friends, is to pray. Pray for the people you know that need Jesus. And here's three things I pray for my dad and my sister that have helped me over the years, and I encourage you to do the same thing. One, I pray that God will give them an open heart to come to Jesus. Secondly, I pray that God will give me another open door to share Jesus with them. But here's the strategic part about praying. Here's the beautiful thing about the body of Christ, right? I need you, and you need me, right? So my sister is a lawyer. So I pray that God would bring another lawyer in her firm that loves Jesus that has my sister in their sphere of influence and that God would give them the boldness to reach out in faith and share Jesus with my sister. You're tracking with me? It's kind of strategic praying. You know, I'll never forget this man came up to me. I was speaking in an event and this guy was just crying. He said, Reed, I got to tell you something. He said, I came to Christ right when I got married, but my wife didn't. He said, every day, for 40 years, you tracking with me? It's biblical. But every day for 40 years, he prayed that his wife would come to Jesus. And he started crying. He wiped the tears. He was smiling. He said, read, today God answered my prayers as my wife just gave her life to Jesus. Isn't that awesome? I mean, praying daily for 40 years. My friend Brett's here, and his dad's brother didn't know Jesus. And his dad's brother prayed for 40 years. Again, it's biblical. And just recently, his brother came to Christ and helped with a festival that we were doing. You see, when we pray, God moves. When we pray, God moves. When we pray, God moves, right? So be praying for people that you know that need Jesus as you go in your Jerusalem. Okay, so we're talking about going here. Number two is going there. Say there. Okay, this is your community, your network. I love what the Bible says in 1 Peter 3.15. It says, but in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared. Say prepare. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But don't forget this last part. It says, but do this with gentleness and respect. No one wants to be preached at. They want to be loved on, right? And relationships take work. How many are married out here? Okay. How many of you have best friends? Okay. Relationships take a lot of work, right? And it's the same thing with evangelism. I mean, we want to be building relationships with people that don't know Jesus because we're loving them. We're caring about them. We're not just trying to say, hey, drive by evangelism, though I've seen it work. But really effective evangelism is friendship evangelism, loving people enough to build a relationship with them, to show them you care before you share. Tracking with me? You show you care before you share. Now, how can you be prepared to share the gospel? Let me give you two ways that have helped me in addition to praying. One of the things is memorizing scripture. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't bring my Bible with me everywhere I go, but it's amazing how often the spirit of God has taken the word of God that I've hidden in my heart and brings it from my heart to my head when I have an opportunity to share. And I've written a book. I've been teaching an evangelism class at a Christian university on the West Coast for about 11 years. And so I wrote a book called Activate on this verse, Acts 1-8. 
And in it, I share about tools so you can find confidence in sharing Jesus, which is a lot more than the talk I have with you this morning. So when you're done, if you want to go to the merch table, you can pick up a book and a little bracelet that kind of has some verses on it. It gives you some tools to share the gospel. It's a great tool. But check that out. But in this book, I talk about ways you can be prepared to share. And so I talk about memorizing the Romans road. If you've heard of that, it's basically the verses in Romans. I won't go through it for sake of time, but it's Romans 3.23, Romans 5.1, 5.8, 6.23, 8.1, Romans 10.9, Romans 10.10, and Romans 10.13. But basically, these verses, you're leading someone down the Romans road to salvation. And what I've done is either take the Bible app on your phone, put up a verse. I usually take a little note card, put it in my back pocket. And as I'm going through my day, I pull it out. And within a week, I can memorize a verse of scripture. Because as I've said last night and I say today, how many of you still believe the Bible's the word of God, huh? All right. You know, the Bible says in Romans 10, 17, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the words of Christ. So God's words are our authority. So sharing scripture is a great way to share the gospel, right? But here's another way. People always say, well, read. If I start talking to someone about Jesus, what if they start debating with me? And I don't have all the answers. I say, listen, people can debate a lot of things. But one thing people can't debate is your own personal story, how Jesus changed your life, right? And we talk about everything with people. So why don't we share our story, your testimony? You know, the apostle Paul did that in the book of Acts before King Agrippa. He shared his story. So sharing your testimony, your story is a great way to be a witness for Jesus. So you can break down your story in three simple steps, okay? The first step is what I call your BC. Say BC. That's before you came to Christ. So as you're at a coffee shop, your favorite coffee shop with your friend, you say, you know what? I just went to creation. I went to creation because I love Jesus. He changed my life. Is it okay if I tell you how, you how he can change your life? You know, asking a question is a great way to start a gospel conversation. If you look at Acts chapter 8 with Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, when Philip got to the Ethiopian eunuch who was sitting in the chariot, he started by asking a question. He said to the Ethiopian eunuch, he said, do you understand what you're reading? And the eunuch replied, tell me, please. Is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? And then it says that, that Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told them the good news of Jesus. So sharing your story is a great way to be prepared to share Christ. So you're talking about your BC. What was your life before you came to Christ? And then there's your C. That's when you made that choice or commitment to follow Jesus. Where were you? What happened? Maybe last night was the night that you gave your life to Jesus. And then thirdly is your WC. This is your walk with Jesus now. How has Jesus made a difference in your life? And this is very important, okay? One of the things I hear the most about people that don't know Jesus is to say us Christ followers are a bunch of what? Hypocrites, right? So it's very important that we're real and transparent. I don't know about you, but given my life to Jesus... My life hasn't been perfect. I've been through some serious ups and through some serious downs, but this constant is that Jesus has always been with me. So as you're sharing your story, be real with people. Say, you know what, I've had some ups and I've had some downs, but I wouldn't be where I'm at here today if it wasn't for my Savior, Jesus. So sharing your story is a great way to be prepared. Remember one time I was in Africa, and we, were, we had a big team, and we were traveling from the Kampala, which is the capital of Uganda, to a remote city called Masindi, about three-and-a-half-hour drive. So we rented these buses, we started heading out from the hotel, and about five minutes from the hotel, our van makes this really strange sound. So I don't know much about vans, so I turned to my buddy and said, hey, what's going on? He says, Reed, it sounds like we're running out of gas. And I was like, you're crazy. We've got a three and a half hour journey. We rented these vans. 
I'm sure the driver's filled up before we left. That can't be it. Sure enough, another block or two, the van makes this weird sound and just dies on the spot. It ran out of gas. Now, this is Africa, okay? There's no nice little yellow lions. I mean, this is dirt. This is crazy. You got cows running one way, chickens the other, goats, people driving every which way. It's chaos. And I'm sitting there kind of feeling sorry for myself. I'm like, Lord, we've got two weeks of missions to share Jesus with thousands of people. This is spiritual warfare. Do you have a plan? My friend, God always has a plan, doesn't he? God always has a plan. So a bunch of people pushed us to the nearest gas station, which I found out later we never would have gone to this gas station unless we ran out of, spot, out of gas on this particular spot, which we did. Because God always has a plan, right? So I'm pulled up. I'm sitting in the front seat of the, of the van, and I'm just sitting there kind of feeling sorry for myself at the gas station. And all of a sudden, this gas station attendant, his name was Abu Bekka, he sticks his head in the back of the window, and in perfect English he says, I'm a Muslim, and I want to be changed. My evangelism tentacles are like, whoop, 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 <laughs> turn in the back of the van. And right there, I used my story, how Jesus changed my life at 17 to share the good news of Jesus with Abu Bekka. And right there in the van, Abu Bekka put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone as his Savior and Lord. Isn't that awesome? And my wife, Carmen, pointed it out beautifully. She said, Rita, I know on that trip when you eventually got to Masindi, lots of people came to Christ. But, you know, God cared enough about this one gas station attendant to have you guys run out of gas so that this Abu Bekka man could hear the good news of Jesus. God loves lost people. It's like Luke 15, right? The lost coin, the lost sheep, the lost son, the lost gas station attendant. But, my friends, God loves you, and he wants to use you to make a difference for eternity. So as you're going here and there and everywhere, be prepared. And that's my third and final part this morning is to go everywhere. Say everywhere. It's all about taking the gospel here, there, and everywhere, but it's a life of fully surrender to Jesus. When I think about that whole transparency of loving Jesus and sticking out, or think about this girl named Emily. She was having heart trouble, and so she went to the doctor with her parents. The doctor examined her heart, and what he found out, he was pretty kind of freaked out about it. So he had Emily come up with his her parents, and he said, Emily, I'm sorry, but your heart is very sick. We're going to have to operate on your heart, or you're not going to make it, so we need to work on your heart. What happened next? The doctor couldn't believe it. Little Emily jumps out of her seat. She's like, doctor, doctor, that's amazing. Guess who you're going to meet when you open my heart? <laughs> the doctor's like, who? Emily's like, you're going to meet Jesus, because he lives in my heart. And I think of that childlike faith. And us as followers of Jesus, as we walk with Jesus, it seems like the longer we walk with him, we start to lose that childlike faith, right? That joy. If you go back to Acts 8, when I was talking about Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, you notice how it says after he came to Jesus, he went on his way, what? Rejoicing. Rejoicing. That's the difference between happiness and joy, right? Our joy of the Lord is our strength, and as Nehemiah talks about. And so like little Emily, I want to encourage you, keep falling deeper in love with Jesus. Because I believe that God wants to work in you first before he works through you. And as you're telling people about Jesus, it's because you're so in love with him, you can't help but do otherwise, right? So taking the gospel here, there, and everywhere. You know, one of the things we've done a lot with creation is we've gone overseas and taken the gospel around the world. And I encourage you, if you haven't before, to go on a short-term mission trip. It'd be awesome. You can learn more at our booth. But here's the second thing about taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. I want to encourage you to be praying for missionaries, people that you know that are out in the mission field. 
As I travel around the world, I meet so many missionaries that just feel depressed, they feel lonely, they feel forgotten. And just a simple text, a simple something on social media, just saying, hey, I just want you to know I'm praying for you and thinking about you. So encouraging a missionary is a great way to take the gospel to the ends of the earth and praying for them as well. So I encourage you to take the gospel here, there, and everywhere. Because God wants to use your life to make a difference for eternity. And I tell you what, my friends, there's so many people in this world that I've run into that keep asking, is there a God and does he care about me? And God wants to use you and you and you and you and you to share the hope for the reason that you have. That Jesus changes everything. That he died on the cross for our sins. That he rose again from the grave. That he's the son of God. That he's the savior of the world. So my friends, who do you know that needs Jesus? And what are you going to do about it? And I'll finish with this story. My wife loves to tell people about Jesus. And several years ago, before we got married, she was working at a grocery store in a deli department. And she was working with this woman named Nina. And so every day, Carmen started to pray for Nina and was building a relationship with her. And one day, God really impressed in her heart, today's the day to tell Nina about me. So Carmen, after work, shared the good news of Jesus with Nina. And it was amazing. Nina gave her life to the Lord. It was awesome. Let's fast forward now about 12 years. Now Nina's married, and she has a daughter. It's about 10, 11 years old. This little girl is amazing. She plays soccer. She's a great student. Everything's going great for her. But one day, this little girl comes home and says, Mom, I'm, I'm not feeling very good. So she starts getting sick, and it continues to spiral downward. And finally, they took her to the doctor. The doctors couldn't figure out what was going on. And then a couple days, it just continued to turn for worse. And this little girl ended up dying. So sad. I can't imagine losing a child. So Carmen goes to the funeral, and she sees Nina's afterwards. And Nina says, Carmen, come here. I got to tell you something. And Nina comes up and gives Carmen a big hug. She says, Carmen, you're not going to believe this. But do you remember when you shared Jesus with me many years ago when we were working at that grocery store and I gave my life to the Lord? Carmen's like, yeah. Well, get this. Two days before my little girl got sick, she came up to me and she said, Mom, I know that you've been telling me about Jesus for a long time, but, you know, I just really feel like I want to get to know Jesus now. Can you tell me how? And so Nina starts to cry and she says, Carmen, you shared Jesus with me. And here now, 11 years later, my little daughter gave her life to Jesus two days before she died. And then with tears in her eyes and a smile on her face, she looked at my wife, Carmen, and she said this, because of you, I'm going to see my little girl in heaven. Because of you, I'm going to see my little girl in heaven. Now let's fast forward and you're in heaven. And your neighbor comes up to you, you know, the one that drives you nuts, right? He comes up to you and says, hey, listen, remember that one time you invited me to church? Well, you may not know this, but I gave my life to Jesus. And because of you, I'm here in heaven today. Or maybe you have a wayward child. Mom, you may not have known this, but after you passed away, I remembered that you talked to me about Jesus. And you'd passed away and you were Jesus, but after your death, I gave my life to Jesus. And because of you, I'm here today. Because of you, because of you, because of you. God saves, we share. But my friends, we have the greatest news of all. We live in such a broken world. And people are wondering, is there God and does he care about me? And that's where your role, everyone is to be a part of the Great Commission. So again, who do you know that needs Jesus? What are you going to do about it? And so as I close this morning, I want to take just a couple minutes for you to be still where you're at. 
Maybe if you have a family member or friend next to you, you can pray in groups. But I want to take a couple minutes, and I want you to be praying for the person or people that God has put on your heart. Pray that God will give you an open door to share Jesus with them, and that God will give them an open heart. Because, my friends, God wants to use you to share the grace news of all. For God so loved the world that he gave his one only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So right now, pray for the people you know need Jesus. Let's take some time to go before the Lord and pray for them right here, right now, and then I'll close. Our loving Father in heaven, we want to thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who is the Lord of lords and King of kings, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. We're thankful for the cross. We're thankful for the empty tomb. Lord, we're thankful for your love for each and every one of us. And we're thankful for your love for my sister Andrea, my dad Steve, and all the people here, all my friends here today, all around the grounds, God. You know the people we know that need Jesus. And so, Father, we pray in Jesus' name, God, that you would powerfully, by your Holy Spirit, work powerfully in our lives and through us to share your good news with them. We pray your Holy Spirit would soften their hearts, Lord, to respond to the good news of your son, Jesus. We know that you saved, Lord, but you've called each of us to share. And so, Lord, we love you. We know that you love my dad, my sister. We know you love all of the people in our lives that need you. And so, Lord, as your word says in Philippians 4.13, that we can do all things through your son, Jesus, who gives us strength. I pray, God, you help all of us not to be ashamed of the gospel, but to boldly proclaim you wherever we go. God, we love you with all of our hearts, and we know we need you. Powerfully work in and through each and every one of us. So, God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for the joy of knowing you and making you known. So, Lord, help us to reach out in faith and not freak out in fear because we know, as your word says, that perfect love casts out fear. So, again, God, we just surrender our lives to you tonight or today. We love you. We worship you. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, I hope you can come out and see me at the merch table. I want everyone to stand up real quick. Let's just stand up. You can stretch for a moment. And I just want to give another praise to the Lord. You know, this is another day God's given us to live for him. We have the joy of knowing Jesus and making him known. So it's all about Jesus, right? You hear me say it all the time. It's all for Jesus. I mean, I just want everything I do to be all for Jesus. Let's give him praise. I'm going to count to three and just give him your best praise offering this morning, okay? You ready? One, two, three. We love you, Jesus.